Hello, welcome back. Going to Growing Up Crazy 2.0, yeah, where we discuss all of the mystical and strange and magnificent things that occur in the universe and break them down into simple layman's terms so that us mere mortals can understand. Well, no, not not really, but we try. And and actually, I think this job has been done. I think this process has just been complete. I was led onto Facebook of all places. Sometimes I actually use Facebook as a scrying mirror, only when directed to by spirit. But this time it was really important because I saw a book and it was by Joe Dispenza. It was called Becoming Supernatural. And I'd heard of this guy before, but I never really got into much of his material. I found out the audiobook read on YouTube, so I listened to it. And, and yes, this is everything. Everything that I'm talking about in my own little um, stumble as I go away. This man, Joe Dispenza, has actually delineated it clearly. And it was such a synchronistic moment for me. I'm still excited about it because it was like everything that I get. So my childhood, I, I grew up on the beach at night just getting everything as a direct download from spirit. I never had the uh, the the layout of this. Uh, I was born in 1980. My, my, some of my earliest memories were, were going to the library, trying to find books on spirituality and hiding in the back corner to read them because I knew that my parents would come down like a ton of bricks if they ever caught me doing this thing. And, and this has been borne out through the course of my life. We've had many a book burning party at the Matthews ha household facilitated by yours truly. <laughs> uh, I guess a little bit of background. I've had a been an exercise three times just because they really didn't know what else to do with me. And it, and it was just strange. I guess I might as well go all, go all the way back to the origins of Justin. But um, to finish the point about Joe Dispenza, he really touches on all the things that I've been getting recent downloads for, one of which through a meditation, uh, I was told that the human body can actually emit light. And when you're in close alignment with spirit, with, with all, with the white light, you know, in the spiritual form, that the human body can actually emit light. I was told that we can... Uh, arrange our genetic code, that we can actually, through alignment, change our own DNA information and, 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 and several other things. But all of these things are, not all of these things, but many of these things are actually discussed in this book that I've been reading by Judge Spence. And, and not only that, but he has a formula for them. So anybody listening to me, one of the other purposes of beginning this, aside from it just being like my own, my own sort of letting go of my own personal history, is one thing that I've always wanted to do, probably one of only the few things that I've kept with me for life, my genuine, that I do desire in this life, is to make life a little bit easier on the next Justin Matthews. And I'll give a little bit of my backstory just to just to help understand exactly what I mean by that. But these sort of resources weren't available to me, or at least I didn't know of them when I was a kid. It, it, was, it was this weird process of, of hiding out and sneaking around. Uh, just because of the household that I grew up in. It was a very Southern Baptist household in which all of these things are dealt with harshly and nothing's questioned. And like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. But I would have to say that just for the intellectual pursuit of these things, definitely Joe Dispenza, definitely this new book that I'm reading, which is uh, Becoming Supernatural. For your heart, for the emotional uh, context of it, I would go with Abraham Hicks. That was another one that I was turned on to through some, some internet scrying machine. And... Uh, she definitely talks about the way to approach it from an emotional standpoint that I can really get involved with. I have my other sources for my own like, spiritual connection, but none of that is, is really apropos right here. But definitely, 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 if you're absolutely interested in any of the things I've been talking about, not only has Joe done many of these things, but he has people hooked up to machines to record what's actually going on with them physiologically, what is occurring. And one of the things that was always why I call this whole thing growing up crazy is because many of these things happened 
when you're alone. And I used to say when I got older, I would say that spirit was always on Greenwich Mean Time because they would always happen between like one and four in the morning. Like I'd usually be waking up to these things. And then when I got older, I learned to sneak out and I would be at the beach during those hours, one to four in the morning. I would sneak out my window as a child and go down to the beach because that was always the time when the spirits was most active. And Dispenza, again, gives a, a scientific reason for all of this. And I'm really just enthralled by this to where like if I had had that at the time, just even just that one other voice, you know, to be like, no, you're not crazy. This is legitimate. You're not disturbed. These things are actually going on. And here's the scientific proof behind all of it. I, I'm actually getting like a little bit choked up right now, you know what I'm saying? Because that would have just came, it would have saved a lot of pain and confusion, I believe, in, in as a younger Justin Matthews, which was another one of the driving forces behind doing this to begin with, was the thought that this little echoing out through the universe might just might reach the right ear. And that's why I do everything just as a donation based. Nothing I ever do will ever be for money because I know that the next Justin Matthews starting off will start off at a very young age and we'll have a credit card. So I want anything that I do to be pro bono, you know, and just, you know, if, hey, if you're hearing this and if it does benefit you and when you get older and you do get a credit card, throw me some coffee money. Other than that, uh, we are totally all good because I've already been paid by you feeling like there's somebody else out there. But the more that I kind of get out into the online world, the more I realize that there is a lot of people out there. So to get back into it, definitely highly recommend this book. He does prove that, yes, people can affect their genetic code. They can produce light. They can have mystical experiences. These experiences are very real. There's a physiological change in the body. No, it's not just happening in your head. These things are definitely manifestations of spirit and spiritual phenomena, which he calls quantum whatever, if the names are changed to protect the innocent or rose by any other name and all of that great Shakespearean quotage means all the same thing. You know, we're all in it to implement it. We're all made of spirit. We're all made of energy. We're all made of the stuff of the universe. And it comes out in a million and one different ways. And I really love the fact that somebody else has pursued it, but they pursue it from a scientific mindset, which is good because they're in the same conundrum right now. It seems like, at least as I'm reading this book, as I was back in the day, of knowing intuitively that these things are real, but not really having any stable base to show it. And when I was a child, like, actually the repetitive demonstrable proof of psychic phenomenon was of prime importance to me because I just wanted it. I just wanted company, I guess, just being a lonely child, just wanted company and wanted to be, to be understood. And, uh, but honestly, my life became much better when I gave up on that. And that's where Abraham Hicks shows up because she really does bear out that it really is about feeling good. And the ultimate thing is you have to enjoy your life and you have to feel good about it, beginning with yourself and your relationship with the divine. And that is of the paramount importance. If you're not feeling good, if it doesn't feel good, you're not doing it right again and again and again. And there's no just better way to say it or no better way to sum it up. I think Jesus did it when he said, you know, search God with your whole heart, your whole body, your whole mind and love your neighbor as yourself and all laws are contained within. And uh, done. We're done here. I can and I'll, I'll go back in and also give a testimony about my relationship with Christianity and how that's evolved because as you can tell I was brought up in one of the most destructive forms of Christianity to my mind it was just a, uh, a horrific experience especially for somebody that was having mystical experiences and really questioning these mystical experiences to just be told well um you're you're there's something wrong with you and that something wrong is a nefarious supernatural force that's trying to steal your soul. <laughs> that's just the wrong, in my mind anyway, the wrong answer to give. But so backtrack, I guess, a brief history, oh me, 
um, and how I got started in all this. So I, I was a very young child. They, I guess I might have had asthma. I'm not entirely sure. My memories go back very well, very long time. Like I remember my brothers jumping off my crib onto their beds. I was aware in the crib. And I remember the first time I ever saw myself in the mirror when I was learning to walk and became self-aware. And then when I became self-aware, I realized um, that I'd also die. So I had that at a, at a very young age, just that sort of awareness of the world. And the asthma is important because at the time they had something called uh, a, a steam machine. They would put at the foot of the child's bed and they fill it full of water and it would, it would create steam in the room. And the foot of my bed was this old antique mirror that looked like it came out of a ship. And uh, so my mother would put the steam machine in front of my bed, which was in front of the mirror. And I would just sit there all night long, just staring through the steam at the mirror. And and I guess a trance-like state, which then became a transcendental state. And when I say young, I mean three, four, five. And uh, and then I started seeing things in the mirror, and those things started moving, and those things started noticing me. I didn't know it at the time, but I was scrying from a very, very young age. And but I do remember that, and I, and I remember sitting there watching the things in the mover and mirror and watching them watching me. And. And it, it opened something up in me. It maybe, you know, every, it's, it's funny because everybody talks about empathy now, empathy now. And, and it's a big thing like, oh, I'm an empath, you're an empath, they're an narcissist. And the thing that I think is hilarious is because I've always noticed the consistency between the people in the relationship that are talking about themselves. They're always the empath and their ex is always the narcissist. True empathy, as I understand it, is is genuinely feeling what's going on in the energetic field around you. And I was very sensitive to that. And I had uh, uh, my oldest brother, my mother, would always argue all the time. My dad was very passive, but they would argue. And they are people of incredible personal power. They project when they're having, when they're when they're in it. They project. And it would be like these little, especially when they're arguing, it would be like these little thermonuclear explosions and I would actually feel them at the point below my navel. And I remember being a child, being like four and actually going to my mom one time when she is just screaming her, her head off for hours. And I finally had to tell her, I was like, mom, could you please stop yelling? When you yell, it hurts me right here. And I pointed to below my navel and it just made her scream some more. But so I remember feeling that I'm going to do a segue here real quick now that we're on the empathy, because I know this is becoming hot and heavy. Actually, we'll make a separate one. I'll make empathy a bonus material because I don't want to get off the point too much. And so that was my childhood growing up like that, feeling those things. And then at one point, my bed got shifted by the window and I would sit up all night staring out the window. And again, like I said, I'm like five or six at this age. And I used to love storms. I love the way the storms made the oak trees move in our neighbor's backyards. And I would just watch it for hours and hours and hours. And then something in me, that little voice, that same space that felt it when people were yelling at each other and also felt a connection to something else. Like I've never felt alone in my life, even when I go hiking in the woods, I, like I said in previous episodes, one of my favorite things to do is to hike in the lonely places of the world, hanging out with my invisible friend. And I mean that. I never feel alone. I've always felt connected to something larger. And that has always given me an impression that I'm always with something or someone. And this little voice inside of me just told me to go outside. And I realized because I, at that time I was still kind of a child. I was still scared of the dark skill. And going outside in the middle of a storm with these trees just moving around and around and around and around. It must have been one of those tropical storms. But I did. I I, I left and I walked outside and I I went out into the backyard. You know, and I just I just followed the feeling. And I've always done this. I know when a mystical experience is on me and I know when that voice begins to speak and I follow the feeling and I've always followed the feeling. And it's always led me to 
strange and mysterious worlds. And this time I went out to the backyard and I stood in the backyard as my was my practice until I felt good, until I was relaxed and I was calm and I just stood in the beauty and the magnificence of the nature and the wind whipping around. It must have been some kind of tropical storm, you know, not in Florida, not enough to evacuate, but enough to really move oak trees because the oak trees were just moving around back and forth. And the voice, the little voice told me to go into the empty lot. There's There was an undeveloped lot uh, that was catty corner to our property. And I did. So I went into the lot and I went there again. So now I'm standing in, in these trees, these Australian pines, and now it's sort of quiet because Australian pines will block, will block the wind. And so now I'm in this little pitch black enclave of trees. And I did the exact same thing. And I stood there until I was in line with spirit again. And it, during that time process, my, my eyes began to adjust, and so I could be able to see in the dark more and more clearly. And I realized that I was standing in what was essentially a graveyard. Somebody had made a bunch of little crosses. And I have no idea who would have this many pets, but I became immediately aware of the knowledge that somebody had buried their pets here in this spot and made little graves for them, little crosses all around. And I'm standing in the middle of it. And this was also at the time when uh, the movie Pet Cemetery had come out. So here I am. And of course, I watched it from the hallway when I wasn't supposed to be watching it while my dad had it on. So here I am, just a child after the movie Pet Cemetery has come out, standing in a what is basically a pet cemetery in the middle of an Australian pine forest in the middle of a tropical storm. It's just things are going gangbusters. And it was enough fear to paralyze me, it would have dropped me to my knees. But I maintained, I was just, just immediately stopped and just went inward and waited till I became completely in line with that feeling. I had to become completely in line with the, with, with the voice, with the feeling below my navel, with that piece of me. And, and like I said, I was just five or six, you know, it was, it was just, these things became intuitive from spending so long staring into the mirror. And I just became in line with that piece of me that made everything okay. And that's what it is. That's what my invisible friend is. That what that, that's what that connection is. That's what, that's what it means to me. It's that voice that makes everything okay. And it's funny because I, I like to rest in that space. And a lot of people actually think that I've been, I've been accused of stoicism more often than not, but it's just, it's just the place that I go to and whatever's going around on around me is just silly. When I look at what's going on around me and my mind is like, okay, so I guess we're here. (laughs) I go to that place. But in, and at that time, and I went and I found that place and I stayed in that place and I started looking around until the world around me became beautiful again. And I could see the Australian pines with their beauty and I could see the shadows in the Australian pine forest and it's beautiful and the place around is beautiful. And even even the, the, the pet cemetery, the graveyard was beautiful because it was somebody's love for their pet that they took the time to do this. They must have had a goldfish farm or something for all these little crosses and and, and I was happy about it. I wanted to be connected to it, you know, whoever this was that had done this, you know. So I, I kneeled down and I put my hand on one of the graves, these little fishy graves, I guess, as I think of them now, whatever they were, until I just felt a connection to that. And and that, you know, just that, just the love of the place that I was, the love of myself, the love of my invisible friend, the love of the world, the love of everything, just the sheer love of it all. And in that moment, something changed. In that moment, something shifted. I felt... I felt something come on me or come upon me, and it's been with me ever since. Um, you know, I've set it aside at different parts of my life, but it's always there ready to come back the moment I, I back and forth. You know, and it doesn't matter how much I fuck up. It doesn't matter how much time I waste. It doesn't matter how much, you know, I just 
make a make a pig's breakfast of everything, which I've been wont to do on more than one occasion. You know, it's always right there, ready to ready to come back and ready to just make everything okay all over again. And I stayed there for for an undefinable amount of time, just enjoying that sensation. And I walked back out and I went back in my backyard and I looked around. And I knew, I knew in that moment that something, that my life would never be the same. I knew in that moment that something had changed and my life would just never be the same. And I do see that as the start of me and all of the crazy and wonderful things that have happened since then. That's where it really spawned, stems from. That was its beginning. And, and it led for a lot of experiences, a lot of, of mystical, a lot of magical, a lot of wonderful experiences, a lot of synchronicity, a lot of things just happening in the 3D and 4D and the 5D or whatever Joe Dispenda is talking about. And it's just so nice to have something in someone else that's also backing this up. So I'd encourage everybody too to take a look at that. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural, because these things are real and they are becoming pushed more to the forefront by people willing to do the work and other people willing to listen, that want to listen, that have a craving for these things as well. The biggest part about it, of course, as I said, is to is a relationship. It's all a relationship and it's all about finding that inner voice, that place that makes everything okay. That is where we begin. It begins with feeling good. And like I've always said, if it doesn't feel good, you're doing it wrong, you know, because that is the thing. There, Inside every single one of us, there is a space that makes everything okay. And there's a connection to that space and it will come upon you in a conscious form as well. First, first find it as a feeling. And the more you get in line with that feeling, the closer you draw to the consciousness behind that feeling. And once you have the feeling and the consciousness, you are in an immovable world of just love and beauty and perfection because it's already done. It's already done. The battle's won. It's all done in its completion. We're just existing in the timeline, in an infinite timeline of the becoming. Because, but the becoming has already happened. Everything has already happened that, that will ever happen. And it's all been made perfect. The end result is already perfection. So the process of moving towards that is a movement towards perfection. And you can tap into that feeling because that is the compass line. That is the, that is the tether between you and that perfect future that has already occurred and i believe that's what we feel and i'll get into all of this this will be more future episodes some bonus some just future episodes on what i mean by all of these things and all these things are backed up by experiences that i've had now granted i am just a muggle <laughs> making interpretations of of spiritual experiences that have that have occurred to me so so it's all first of all it's all subject to interpretation all subject to human interpretation and all passed through the filter of the script of speech which i've talked at length uh, in the past about its limitations so taking that for what it is it's still i believe is important to speak about it because the connection that i felt from reading this book by joseph spenda i hopefully am providing for somebody else and now that there's more and more people doing all of this and doing it well, like this is just me, you know, speaking to a microphone. Joe Dispenza, he's out there doing it and doing it well. He's got machinery, he's got people, he's got the output. And I'm just in love with the fact that we've came to similar conclusions. And he's also doing similar things that I do. Like my morning practice is about praying into the earth, just literally praying into the earth, putting that energy into the earth for all of creation. That is 
part of my morning practice. And he does this as well, but he does it on a big scale. He has people do this exact same thing, the same process that I was told to do by spirit, by that nameless voice, by that invisible friend. The practice that I was instructed to do by silent knowledge is the exact same practice he's come to through trial and error, scientific studies. So there, there is a bridge between all these things. All these things do meet eventually when perceived through the proper filter. And when we just ignore the naysayers and just do, just do because we feel like doing and because it feels good. So all men, peace out. I'm going to go back to feeling good. I just wanted to make this recording and much love to all. All right, growing up crazy, you have a wonderful week. Ciao.